They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking all of this madness. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery. I am here with my good friends. Mr. Sexy Punakana, then now forever, C.K. Joe Rodermill, and with the, plan. the voice that runs the place, the European champion, hailing from Bangor, Maine, until someone from that city decides anyone. to, t- anyone, it doesn't matter Somebody. who, downloads one episode of the Matt Madness podcast, Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo Aaron Lloyd, welcome aboard, guys. Good to be back. Always <laughs> a pleasure. Always good to be back. Uh, some weeks we have a lot to talk about. Some weeks, not as much. I feel like this week is a this week is that falls in the not as much category. I didn't watch Raw. Well, you're going to feel bad for me. I watched, <laughs> I watched Raw twice to get notes. Oh, my. Why would you have to like watch it twice to get notes? Like for stuff you can write yes. notes about? Yes. Ayla, why would you do that to yourself? I'm a professional. <laughs> you are. More professional than me. I'm, I'm the Booker T of notes. <laughs> that's like getting into another... I take, I take my notes seriously. That's like getting into another car accident purposely to see what wrong, went wrong the first time. And then <laughs> I, still, I still didn't conjure up much. There wasn't much to conjure up. If this was totally like honest. one of the worst drag, drag raws ever. <laughs> I think London is known... Not even London. Those tape-delayed ones are known for being pretty lackluster... I had a really, not that I had a hard time watching, I had a really hard time, like, really paying attention and retaining much. Yeah. Like, both both nights when the show ended, I was like, oh, so I just watched that. I Yeah, because I didn't take any notes. <laughs> I was just, like, the only thing I put on my notes was tag team turmoil too long. <laughs> that was it. That's they, all I had. They didn't do enough to capture your attention. They didn't keep the madness engaged. No, they didn't. Uh, before we get into any specifics, I just want to mention Falls Count Anywhere podcast. Volume 6 now available on iTunes and Podbean, uh, hosted by Derek McCauley, Russ Diagostino, and Zach Harmon. Uh, no Johnny Monk this week? No. Okay, wasn't sure. I didn't want to leave him out. Yeah, no Johnny Monk this week. He'll okay. be back next week <laughs> yeah, okay. to return to the temple. <laughs> Say Mark Harmon? Zach Harmon. Okay. Unfortunately, we don't have the uh, that kind of star power yet. <laughs> not yet? <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're getting there. If we can get the guy from NCIS, I'm in. (laughs) Yeah, so yeah, I would be too. Um, So Universal Championship has (laughs) not been on TV since WrestleMania. There is a Universal Championship. Well, there apparently because every week somebody new says they want to face Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship. Did you see that meme about how? Lesnar and Orton haven't defended a title in over 30 days. Yeah. And when Naomi at the bottom, so you shoot me because why? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. Like, I get it that there are certain things you do. Uh, have some consistency. Have some logic. <laughs> These are not difficult things to do. Uh, but Braun Strowman has challenged Brock Lesnar now, in addition to Seth Rollins and Finn Balor. Braun had yet another match against Kalisto. The one-armed man. The one-armed man. Roman Reigns comes out to get his revenge on Braun for the terror he's put him through for the last month and gets his revenge, and now Braun Strowman allegedly is out up to two months with some type of elbow injury or something. Yeah, four to, four to eight weeks. So now what? <laughs> that's what I that's what I said. I was, I was like, okay, well, I, I was texting Derek after this happened. I was saying to him that this might be actually better in the long term for this feud because um, Braun took Roman out for a few weeks and four, four weeks that's nothing you can keep him off for TV for four weeks he can still actually pop up on TV until he's actually fully me- medically cleared to wrestle but I did think it was a good 
good thing that Roman actually got one up on Braun because Braun got the best of him ever since WrestleMania, those two or three weeks yeah. he beat him up. And he, and he beat him up pretty bad. It was nothing to the levels that Braun did to him, but he actually got his, Braun actually basically got his comeuppance. You can yeah, see. Yeah, he, he had to run out. Uh, he ran out through the crowd. Yeah. Yeah, Joey, he actually had to retreat. Yeah. Joey, your feelings on Roman finally getting one up on Braun Strowman? Eh. <laughs> Didn't care? <laughs> this whole feud hasn't done, hasn't moved the needle, needle too much to me. And knowing that it's possibly building up to an am- ambulance match, it doesn't get me. Oh, we're not going to get the ambulance match Yeah, it's now. not going to happen. Because he's not going to be, be there for the pay-per-view. For, for um, Extreme Rules. Well, thank God. Because <laughs> my, my, my fear is they're going to throw him against Bray Wyatt. I'll get to that later. That's my I, fear. I did see that on social media. Actually, another thing I wanted to mention I saw on social media this evening. seems like not that long ago we were congratulating uh, Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella on Brie's pregnancy. The baby has been born. Yes, congratulations. What is it, Birdie Joe yes. Danielson? Congratulations. Birdie Joe. Birdie Joe, an 8-pound, 10-ounce little girl. Baby so, dragon. Yes, congratulations. <laughs> so the, yeah, the baby dragon. Uh, I think are you the first one to give her a nickname? No, I got that from Derek. Okay, so he's the first one to give her a nickname. Yeah, he posted the Yu-Gi-Oh card of oh, Baby okay. Dragon. <laughs> All right, I had no idea that that was a, a Yu-Gi-Oh card, <laughs> and I didn't even know it was pronounced Yu-Gi-Oh. I thought it was Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> well, so I'm somewhere in the same same position. <laughs> I, I kind of figured. I know you just had a birthday, but don't let your age show. <laughs> oh, we're way past that. Yeah. Um, I'll let something else show. Samoa Joe and Seth Rollins, their feud continues. I think it continues to get a little better. Joe's interview I thought was great, as always. We get the backstage brawl. They end up in another match. I thought this match was really good, really hard-hitting match. Joe wins with the DQ with the exposed turnbuckle. And... Sometimes it's a disqualification, sometimes it's not. Depends on the day. <laughs> when well, you do it twice, it's a disqualification. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess well, see, so. this is a feud I can get behind way more than I can. A Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns kind of just this guy is an unbelievable monster. This is kind of a feud I can get behind with Samoa Joe and Seth Rollins. Both great in-wing workers and great on the mic. And, and now Seth's reading a little more like a baby face, more than he was in the past. So it sets it up for a better better results. Oh, yeah. And uh, I always enjoy the, the coquina clutch till the man is passed out. Mm-hmm. Always enjoy seeing that. Uh, do you agree, Alo, that this feud is continuing to get better on a weekly basis, or did this tail off for you a little bit? No, I love it, because like that promo was excellent. I loved it, because you said, if you've been saying for weeks, that's not, it's not, especially in this day and time of wrestling, you don't really buy people being a monster. But yeah. Joe's one of those kind of guys. Like that promo that he cut backstage mm-hmm. saying, it's over when I say it's over, <laughs> you will you will hear every ligament pop, every bone will break. I was like, wow, this is like, Angel got scared for a second. like, why is it so loud? <laughs> I was like, the TV's on five. <laughs> it was she as scared of Joe as you were of The Undertaker as a kid? I don't know. <laughs> Close? Close. But I was like... That was awesome because he actually showed the he actually showed the aggression because you could, you could actually buy it and the fact that he in the match that he actually didn't care about winning he just wanted to destroy Seth because he threw him into the quote unquote turnbuckle twice so you get squat mm-hmm. after the second time instead of the first yeah but he actually showed that he actually wanted to inflict pain on on Seth Rollins so it actually continues to feel I, I did like Seth actually tried to attack Joe backstage too yeah so, so the progression is the first time's a verbal warning the next time's DQ yeah yeah okay <laughs> it's like getting written up at work yeah yeah. <laughs> That's a shame that that's what it could be compared to. Yeah. Uh, so he's living up to his name as the Destroyer more than Bray Wyatt is living up to his name as the new face of fear. You know what happens? <laughs> we hit somebody in the turnbuckle, an exposed turnbuckle. What happened? The second time. 
what happens. You can disqualify! <laughs> yeah, well, he did. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to this match again. Is this official for the next year or no? Not yet. Uh, Intercontinental Championship. <laughs> so the, the two guys vying for the Intercontinental Championship were GMs, co-GMs of the, of the evening on Monday. Uh, Ambrose opens the show. The Miz interrupts. Ambrose books The Miz versus Balor. Miz books Ambrose versus Bray Wyatt. So they book each other in a match that neither one of them wants to have. I actually really enjoyed The Miz and Finn Balor for the sole reason of Miz using his GM authority to try to get out of the match. So I can't let this assault continue in the referee. (laughs) Yeah, I thought it was great. And then Ambrose obviously comes in and restarts the match, which causes the Miz to lose. So Finn Balor gets his win back from the week before, and Miz just has a little more heat with Dean Ambrose. Corey Graves. Uh-huh. <laughs> After Ambrose ejected Maurice, he's like, oh, she must be distraught. <laughs> and it's like, Corey Graves is championing the Miz is my favorite thing right now. Uh, yeah, it, it really is great. Honestly, almost everything Corey Graves does <laughs> is great. Every now and again, I'll hear him say something. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's not his that he came up with. Somebody told him to say that. But you can't let that go because... Oh, yeah. That's nothing, I have, that's nothing I have against him. It's just you can tell when it's genuinely yeah. from him and when it's not. Because mm-hmm. uh, when it's genuinely from him, it's almost always gold. <laughs> uh, Ambrose loses to Bray Wyatt via the Miz's interference. Did he hit him with the title? I don't even remember. I think so. Mm-hmm. Is that how he... Yeah. Okay, so Bray wins with the Sister Abigail. Did he even do the Sister Abigail? <laughs> yep. Okay, because there was a point when I was he worried had, like, he wasn't going to do it. He had a Sister Abigail close him out. So that leads to the Miz versus Dean Ambrose for the Intercontinental title next week, correct? Yes. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I would say by show of hands, but people can't see us. Who all is hoping that the Miz beats Dean Ambrose next week? Joey? I. <laughs> Please. Are we all in agreement? I am. Yeah, I think it would be the best I, thing. I don't think it's going to happen next week. But Everybody but Eric? <laughs> Tricky dicky? Yeah. There's a reason he's not here. I uh, I would like to see him win it next week. I don't know if it's going to happen. But honestly, after this week of Raw, I think it would be good for the show if we got an Intercontinental cha- Championship title change. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think it's going to happen, but it, it would be a great thing to see happen. Uh, I think eventually we'll be back in Miz's hands, but not... The very next. I just think he's the best person for it. Yeah. Ambrose is not doing anything for it. No, it's just a prop. And it's not doing anything for him either. No. He doesn't need a title. No. No, the things he does, uh, he doesn't need a title around him to do. And people love him no matter what. He doesn't need a title. So, if you put it on The Miz, one, it it puts even more heat on him for him getting to come out there and talk about his never-ending Intercontinental Championship title reign. It puts more heat on him that he has a title. And then it... It helps the belt because then the baby faces who are going for it, you actually are rooting for them, which there's a severe shortage of people actually rooting for the baby faces at this point yeah. in WWE. Yeah. It's hard to come by. Yeah, and even now, the Miz kind of gets cheered to an yeah. extent. Yeah, people are finally coming around. You can still hate around. them, though. <laughs> are we, can we credit ourselves for that? We take all the credit in the world, right? <laughs> Joe, you think we should take credit for the Miz finally catching on? Well, I mean... Might as well. I mean, it's, it's, it's there. Just and Corey it. Graves, because when, when Miz took the title, Cole was like, hey, that's not his. Graves said, it'll be next week. It's a technicality. 
It is a technicality. <laughs> I mean, it, it's eventually going to end up back on the Miz. There's no reason for it not to. Like, I got another thing to say about mm-hmm. Finn Balor. Like, all right, so basically, they're not doing anything with him. So ever since he's come back, it's been, he's been basically the mystery partner guy that's mystery opponent other than one week, and that was last mm-hmm. week when he put him in a true third match. So you have to assume that because they didn't progress him with Bray Wyatt on Raw this past Monday night right. at all. So that's what I was saying. I hope I don't want to see Roman versus Bray Wyatt again because that's the only logical thing I could actually see them doing because they didn't progress that whole Finn Bray Wyatt thing. So. What are you going to do with Finn Balor? <laughs> I don't know. Because I have no idea what he's doing. I still think he's going to go with Bray. I, I, they didn't progress the story, but they kind of did in a way. Yeah, because I was just basically trying to map my head. I'm like, okay, you need Roland to face him at least for a month, a month and a half. Is he going to be the guest on an episode of <laughs> Ambrose Asylum on the pre-show of the next pay-per-view? <laughs> Who, Finn? Yeah. Who knows? Because, I mean, he got relegated to the pre-show on Miz TV at the last one. I just have no idea what they're doing with the guy. Because, like I said, after this, Rome, after this Strowman thing, it's like, okay, you're going to put Bray, back, Bray with Roman? Because that's, that's the only logical thing. You could throw him in a triple threat. For what? For the IC title. <laughs> since, since he did beat The Miz, but, but The Miz is going to have his title match next week, too. So that, that doesn't seem that's going to happen. Yeah, it's like well, the only thing they're doing with him is just like throwing him out there. Like, all right, you're Finn Balor and people like you, so like go go out there. Well, I'm gonna put it this way. Hey, he's that demon. Yeah, like get out there, kid. Well, I'm I'm, <laughs> gonna, I'm gonna put it this way. I'm not gonna overthink because the writers aren't overthinking. <laughs> yeah, you know I would never accuse the writers of being overthinking. Yeah, I uh, I learned that lesson a while ago. <laughs> I, I stopped haven't. overthinking. The only thing I overthought that ended up actually being something was. Back in September, when I was really harping on the whole Bray Wyatt is in Randy Orton's head thing. Mm-hmm. And it didn't pay off for a few weeks. And I kept saying, that has to be what's happening. And then ultimately... But that's the only time I've overthought something in the 15 months we've been doing the show. Yeah, for 15 where months... Where I overthought it into something that was actually happening. Except in 15 months, <laughs> I've overthought everything. Everything I thought about was better, mm-hmm. but they didn't do it. They yeah. did the most simplest thing they could do. Right. And that's, that's what they're going to continue to do until further notice. Yeah. And I have some things to say about creative when we get to SmackDown. <laughs> I'll, I'll save it for now. Oh. <laughs> uh, women's see, division you're starting to color a little bit. You're starting to get a little color in your cheeks. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not mad. It's just it's yeah, something. Yeah, it's just I, a color. It's not. It's not like a. It's it's, it's, it's a hue. Is, it's more of a no, hue. It's, than it's why is SmackDown Raw hue. now? Yeah, it's a hue. Huh? The thing is, why is SmackDown Raw? Well, that's that's kind of where I'm going with it. Uh, women's division on Raw. We have Alexa Bliss making a new best friend temporarily with Nia Jax. So good. Yeah, I like how like satisfied she was too at the end of that segment. <laughs> my, my, the way it started, when Alexa just turned around. I was like, oh, she was so she was so terrified. And the question, she was like, did you mean what you said last week? I said a lot of things last week, but me being great. Yeah, yeah, of course. Why would I lie to you? You're great. I lie to you. Yeah, good friend. Yeah. How long do you see the friendship lasting between Nia Jax and uh, Alexa Bliss, Joe? A couple pay-per-views. You think that long? Maybe two two pay-per-views at most. Who's getting the next title shot? Do we even know? Probably Bailey. Again? Yeah, and you probably get Nikki, Mickey and um, Nia Jax on the pre-show. Either either the pre-show or next week on Raw. Yeah. You, you know I'm a big proponent of having best friends on television. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are. I've always, always been a big fan. You know, this could work because they're actually really fun on social media. I don't know if you've seen it, but they are really mm-hmm. fun together on social media. I have not seen it. Yeah. So they are actual for a shoot friends yeah. in real life. Yeah. Uh, Alexa 
beats Mickey James. Nia and Bailey at ringside. Ultimately, Nia Jax tilts the match in Alexa's favor. So, Mickey, do you think Mickey's going to get another title run no. out of this? She'll probably get an opportunity, but she's going to get a title run out of this. Joe, you see her getting another women's title? No, I think, I mean, what they kind of brought her back as is what she's going to be. It's not. It's more just like a filler. It's more of a nostalgia act. It's more... Just to kind of, kind of build. So she's the, like the build, Hardys. Build the wrestling, yeah. But the Hardy, Hardy got a title right off the bat. Um, yeah, I know Sheamus and Zara tried to say that the Hardys were nothing but a nostalgia act. Uh, we also had Sasha Banks against Alicia Fox. Alicia Fox. Alicia Fox. Yeah, just the savvy vet. Pretty, pretty sloppy match. Uh, Alexa or Alexa. Uh, Foxy actually lifted her shoulder at one point during the three count, which wasn't acknowledged. I didn't, I don't know, I don't know what she was doing. I also, and tell me if I'm being too nitpicky, both of you could answer this one, Joey, I guess you can go first. Sure. Was this enough of a squash match in Sasha's favor? Because I feel like it was a little bit too even. It was short, but... It wasn't like Sasha dominated this match. Yeah, I wouldn't view it as a squash. I mean, I wouldn't take that as a technical squash match, which I'm not really a fan of anyway, but no. To answer your question. The whole time I was like, why is this happening? <laughs> that was my thought the whole time. I was just fixated on Alicia Fox's belly button because that, that always well, I, right well, after me. WrestleMania. I don't, know, I don't know how far out it is, but it's after <laughs> After seeing her to access, I have a new appreciation for Alicia Fox. <laughs> Yeah, she's very attractive, mm-hmm. but I just felt like this should have been an easier win for she's Sasha. She's with Noem Dar. Back <laughs> off. Yeah, they're they're officially back together, mm-hmm. and she's officially the queen of two hundred five live once again. You missed your chance. <laughs> the uh, only woman there. <laughs> yeah, the only woman there. I felt like she should have won this match a little more easily, but that may just be a nitpick. At least she did get a win. Um, and I liked that they at least, even if she was kind of in a throwaway match, I liked that they gave her the spot going into a commercial of walking through backstage. They at least highlighted her that way, like, get ready for mm-hmm. the boss to come out. I wish they would have gave her a little more um, backstage work before the match to kind of kind of push that persona a little. I always am up for her doing a promo. The only problem is <laughs> they have her completely out of character still. Yeah. Like, they, they don't let her be the character that she... Yeah, she's best at. Yeah, she's another one, Billy, for the last two weeks. So maybe you get that in a few weeks. But I'm, I'm not overthinking anything anymore when it comes to this show. I'm not. No, I know you were. <laughs> you had really high hopes for what they were what they were saving the the Sasha heel turn for. It'll probably just be like on a regular Raw match. And you yeah. lost. You lost hope. I don't know. Have you lost hope? What for the heel? No, the heel turn's coming. Not the heel turn. Have you lost? Just lost all hope that anything good's gonna happen. Yes. <laughs> That's what you sound kind of yes. defeated. Is that why you're wearing the hood tonight? Yes. <laughs> you're like uh, Anakin as he's starting to, to sink into the dark side? Yeah. I'm t- <laughs> Sweet Star Wars time. <laughs> Thank you. The only positive about WWE this week was Batista in Guardians. Which I haven't seen he yet. He was have. fantastic. I don't, he was... I'm going to see it again. <laughs> really? He was hysterical. He was perfect. He needs to come back and play that character. <laughs> what would you... I mean, I wouldn't put it past them to bring he, Drax the Destroyer in. Oh, jeez. He, he Although they won't. Perfect. Because isn't CM Punk writing a Drax the Destroyer comic I have book? no clue, but he was perfect. Yeah, he's very good in that character. Very well suited. He was way better in this one. Really? He was like, him and Baby Groot were the heart of the movie. I, th- I think they tried to make him too jokey, though, at times. No, but it worked. 
Hey. It works. You'll laugh at everything he says. It works. So this is worth seeing sooner rather than yes. later. It was it was good. I enjoyed it. Alright, I'll, I'll I'll carve out some time to uh to go see Guardians Man, too. Does have a busy schedule. I do, but I, I do like to go to the movies too. I wanted to take him out for his birthday. I had a carve in. I couldn't get like anything for two months. Like, <laughs> He's booked up. I booked solid. Uh tag team turmoil. Alar, I know that was one of your notes. What the was the note again? The only note. Too long. <laughs> the, two things I'll say about this that I thought were positives. Too long or not, it really made Sheamus and Cesaro look strong to go wire to wire like that. It did. And they went almost a full half hour. Yeah. Which is impressive for the two of them. And I give them credit that they actually had me hanging on. Now, again, this may not be... An overall credit to WWE, this just may be because I happen to be a fan of these two. But I actually was buying into the idea that the Golden Truth may win. And I was like, hoping they would, thinking they would, and then disappointed when they didn't. I was actually like, kind of sad when they didn't win. Because they are really hyping it up like, this is their last it's chance. They've never got a title. Goldust saying the week before, like, we really need this, Kurt. <laughs> and... Our true saying we'll make the most of this opportunity. They almost had them. Goldust had like a great four or five minute run in there. Truth comes in with the hot tag, which was great. They end up losing. The Hardys come out and chase them from the ring. Still not broken. I guess we got to wait a little longer still for that. But our truth, even though he's not a number one contender for the tag team championships, he is the host of a WWE Network game show. Apparently, really. They filmed a pilot episode of it, and they already ordered a full run of whatever this game show is. <laughs> well, this is going to be fun. No detail on what the game show is. It doesn't matter to you. Nothing. It's a game show. It doesn't matter. I'll watch it every week just because Truth is the host. I'll it, hold you to It's going to be awesome. I'll I mean, hold you to that. It's not, there's not, it's not going to be unentertaining. I will say that. I have no doubt that it'll make me laugh. Well, my sec- my first note where you said it was too long because I was like, it was like four or five segments. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was way too long. And then I found it interesting that First of all, poor Enzo and Cass, because we all picked them to leave with Tyler, Tyler WrestleMania. <laughs> it's been a rough and, month for those and guys. And now they're the first tag team out in tag team turmoil, which I found real odd. Yeah, it was disappointing. And then, I was interested, because I, I, I figured that since Cesaro and Sheamus were out first, and then I was like, okay, well, Golden Truth last. Golden Truth lost, but I'm interested, I'm interested to see what they're going to do with Golden Truth, because this this basically story this story was for them. Yeah. Tag, tag team turmoil only got created because of them. So I'm interested to see what they're actually going to do with the Golden Truth. I don't know. Joe, do you see anything happening for the Golden Truth? Um, no. No. Is this because you don't Simple think answer. so, or you just don't like them as much as I do? No, I enjoy them. I just don't think they're going to do anything with them. I just think they used them for this scenario, and it, it was nothing but just a misdirection. Can we get another interactive video game that, <laughs> <laughs> like Pokemon Go, that... That we could have them at least do something funny every week. I mean, maybe they'll be more involved in the in the picture, but I don't think they're doing anything significant. The only here's the other thing, though, and and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, because like I said, I did not do the best job. Of, yeah, you're wrong. Of paying complete <laughs> attention to either one of these shows, I felt like the crowd did not care about this match until the Golden Truth was involved. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong about that, or is that what happened? No, it's kind of the way it played out. Was that rose-colored glasses for me? Or? I didn't pay it any mind. Okay. I was waiting for it to end. <laughs> it was too long. Were you at any point rooting for the Golden Truth? I knew they were going to win. 
I was hoping to see a little more from uh, Enzo and Cass. You know I love Goldust, so mm-hmm. I would want them to win it because that would be actually interesting. But I, I'm just interested to see because they actually gave them a bit of a story. So I'm like, okay, what are they going to do now from this story? Because when, when Goldust broke up from Booker T, it was, okay, if we don't win the tag titles tonight, we're done. <clears throat> and they were done. So classic <laughs> overthinking on my part. My thinking is the Golden Truth are going to become number one contenders. Uh, Sheamus and Cesaro are going to cost the Hardys the titles at the pay-per-view. That's going to break the Hardys. And then, ultimately, Sheamus and Cesaro are going to win the tag team titles from the Golden Truth. You're doing too much, Ron. Well, that's why I said Classic <laughs> overthinking. You're overthinking. But that like that would have been fun. It would have set up a whole story. It would have given Goldust one last... Even if he only had it for one night, it still would have given him one last title. I would have liked to see Ron Killings. I might have got a little emotional <laughs> if I saw Ron Killings holding up a, a tag team championship, but not going to happen. Um, yeah, you're giving too much. I mean, we're talking about WWE writers. You're writing a novel. All you got to write is see spot, spot run, and that's that's the gist of what that's all we're getting. Yeah. That's all we've gotten for most the of the last year. I hate them so much. <laughs> Cruiserweights. TJP gets a win over Jack Gallagher. Gentleman Jack, Aries actually comes out with the knee brace on, selling the the knee injury. I love the knee brace over the pants. Yes. <laughs> it's a great touch. <laughs> like who does? Nobody does that. That's clearly like, oh, we want to show them on TV that you're wearing a knee brace, so put it on over your pants. Uh, selling the knee still chases TJP out of the ring. Neville and TJP obviously still trying to get the better of Aries. I saw a segment on 205 Live that was actually pretty good. And I'll I'll say this. I've heard Russ and Derek mention on their show that they should stop doing 205 Live as a live show. Because the crowd is is taking away from... Because the crowd is gone by the time that show is being done. They try to do the dark mat. Because what they'll do is they'll change the set to 205 Live and throw out the dark mat, the SmackDown dark mat, so people won't leave. That's what they'll try to do. Then they'll start 205 Live next. Mm Mm-hmm. But Joey and I were watching, we watched a little bit, I guess it was the, the last two segments of 205 Live from this week, which was in London. Granted, this segment had Gallagher, Aries, Neville, and TJP. It's in England, so that's two you know, hometown or countrymen of the crowd. And they drank a beer. They did drink a beer on the TV. They chugged a beer, Aries and Gallagher. <laughs> Out of on glass. The, uh, uh, Gallagher gave, I believe, TJP a beer bath. I don't remember if it was him or <laughs> Neville, I forget. But it seemed like the crowd was into it. It seemed like the crowd was there, was a part of the action. Now, I didn't see all of the show. It could have just been that segment. But it felt like there was actually a lively crowd there. Derek and Russ obviously will have watched the whole thing and can correct me if well, I'm wrong. We watched, yes. From what I watched 205, they had some really good matches. Yeah, the uh, Mustafa Ali and Tony Nese match, I believe, was the main event. That was a really good match. Got probably at least 10 or 12 minutes, really? I would guess. Yeah, it was, it was a good match. Um, and Drew Gulak didn't get involved, which I was expecting. Mm-hmm. So are, are they still a thing? Yeah, he was yeah. in the back. Okay, he was in the TV. back watching. With Disappointed every time. Every time he well, have you heard about his gimmick the about no the no fly zone? Yeah, yeah. That. That's what I thought was going to happen. I was waiting for him to come out and and break out the no fly zone, but it didn't happen. Mustafa Ali actually got a win over Tony Nese. But I, I just I don't know how they do it because 
201 205 live is called 205 live so you you can't call it 205 live if it's not live anymore but it's it's a detriment to the show i don't know if they could do the show where the cruiserweights are just on 205 live but then you're not getting the exposure on raw so i don't really know how you handle it or you just have them fly down to the performance center or to full sail or just show, just, record or just, it there. show just show it live before smackdown at seven it made more sense live before Raw, just because Raw comes on a little later. But not that, no, because then you're making a guy stick to a four-hour show. Yeah, if it comes on at seven, yeah, it, then it's three hours. Because no matter what, they always was tape superstars the main event before the show. Yeah. But the problem is there, there's still no way around the fact that you're going to have an empty crowd for most yeah. of it, and cr- a crowd that's not at all engaged, and it takes a lot away from those guys. Yes. Yeah. And as I was watching it, I said to Joey, I feel like Tony Nese needs to just not even be a cruiserweight. No, he, he could definitely come into the main card and, and yeah. be contrib- a solid contributor tomorrow. But then this goes back to a point the godfather of the Matt Madness podcast, Joe Lavery, brings up all the time. That they, it's kind of like inherently detracting from these guys going for the cruiserweight title because they should all want the World, world yeah. Heavyweight Championship. And it's it's the pigeonhole thing, the WCW thing. Yeah, I don't I don't know how they quite get around it, unless they just settle on the fact that we have a fraction of the people who watch Raw will really love this show, and they get this show, but we're not really trying to get it to appeal to the masses. <laughs> I don't know, but it, it's a shame when there's an unbelievable match going on and there's just no crowd reaction. It just takes a lot away from it, I think, and I don't I just don't know the way around it. I mean, do you think that they'd get better reactions before the show than after? I don't know, because people, if you start at 7, people still file in. So you'll actually get people actually get to their seats instead of them leaving. So you, you I, I would think you get more people before, if you take before than after. Because you got to think, if you got your kids with you, the kids got to get there, go to school in the morning, yeah. you got to get up and go to work. But when you're there, because most, other than us... For the most part, everybody's there basically almost on time. Yeah. So that's that's how I see it. Mm-hmm. So Joey, if you're yes, attending SmackDown, okay, would you be more likely to sit down and sit through 205 Live before SmackDown starts or after it's over? Um, before. So you'd prefer to see it before? Yeah, then? just given the fact that the later it is, the less likely I'll want to stay there because I got. Work in the morning. I think. Well, you you work it. at like two a.m. So. <laughs> hey. Yeah, because like you got to think. Tips every, scale Because you got to think. Everybody's usually at their seat at a at a regular arena. Everybody's basically almost at their seat at seven thirty or in the arena, and if they know two five live is coming, which is actually which is not like main event or superstars. Yeah. Then you actually get to your seat in time mm-hmm. to watch it. Even in, in even at seven thirty, a good portion of the arena's gonna be filled. You won't see people leaving. You'll see people filing in. Yeah, it's a good point. And the people in the lower level, you'd assume for the most part, are going to be there. Yeah. Although that may be part of the issue is I think when, as people are leaving, they're filing people down into the lower part of the arena after the show to make it look more full. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you could do that before the show. You're not going to say, pull people down before the show starts and bring them down. Bring to them the down, I don't know. It's kind of a tough situation for them. I do think their best bet would be to film it at a place like Full Sail. Because, you know, it's a small arena, but it's always going to be packed and it's always going to be lively and engaged. 
Uh, does anybody have anything else for from Raw? Care. <laughs> Not too much. Yeah. I like Neville. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm shocked we got. Well, he did. I liked his promo backstage. I'm shocked we got a half hour out of Raw. We got the uh, triple threat. I mean, the six pack kind of thing at the at the end. Just pushing feuds. Nothing spectacular. Oh yeah. Wait. That was SmackDown. Yeah. That was. I'm thinking SmackDown. Yeah, I'm thinking SmackDown. <laughs> See, I don't blame you for having That's them together. Eating. So SmackDown, we're two weeks out from Backlash. Card is shaping up. I was going to kind of save these couple things for as we run through the list because they're not all perfectly together. But, Alo, you mentioned why is SmackDown Raw now. And I said either last week or the week before, SmackDown started to get praised as the better show. And, of course, Vince takes notice, and now it's like, oh, i got to get my hands on this. <laughs> no, 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 no. You can see Vince's fingerprints yes. on this show. Uh, and a couple very small things. So I mentioned again last week, the Great Balls of Fire pay-per-view title. It's a song from like 1957 or whatever it was. Great Balls of Fire. And I'm like, oh, kids love this song. And it's like 50 years old. No, 70 years old. 60 years old. Wow. I was all, all over the, the, the map with my math right there. It's old. We'll put it that but, way. Yes. But there, there, were, there are some references going on on SmackDown. First of all, Shinsuke Nakamura <laughs> being called the artist known as Shinsuke Nakamura. That's from a Prince reference from 1993. <laughs> that's 25 years old. During the uh, Fashion Files segment, Bookum Dango. That's a callback <laughs> to a show called Dragnet, which premiered in 1951. <laughs> uh, I'm too old for this shirt, Tyler Bree says it, says at one point. Lethal Weapon. That is a callback from Lethal Weapon, which is a movie from 1987. They need younger people <laughs> doing creative on this show. If if I'm honestly, and I'm not joking about this, <laughs> Joey, you and I are two years apart. Sure. We were in our late teens, early twenties <clears throat> at the height of the Attitude Era. Alo, you're 25, correct? You'll yeah. be 26 uh, in a month, yeah. right? Um. So during the Attitude Era, you were a child drinking your Capri Sun and your Crushing Kool-Aid jammers. Sun. Is that yes. what they are? Okay. Jamming out. But you saw the Attitude Era. That was your introduction. And then the Ruthless Aggression Era into your teens. If any one of us was between the ages of 10 and 16 right now, we probably would not be watching wrestling. I don't know why we would if we were kids. I don't know how they're going to hold on. Like, once kids get past 10 or 11, I don't know how they're going to hold on to these kids. What do you mean? Callbacks to movies before they're even born? Is it going to catch on? <laughs> Believe it or not. No, it won't. Since when does that formula not work? <laughs> like, I might be overthinking it. And this kind of goes back into a bigger topic to something I say all the time. I talk about them bringing back these older part-timers who have a bigger name recognition with mainstream than a lot of the guys they have now. And it's like, okay, I get it. You want to say we'll get more pay-per-view buys or we'll get higher ratings this week if we bring on Bill Goldberg, if we bring on Brock Lesnar, if we bring back The Undertaker, if we bring Shawn Michaels back for a night, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock. But ultimately all that's doing is holding back the next generation of guys that need to get to that level. Those guys will never get there if you're telling the people watching right now 
well, you're still not as good as these guys from 15 years ago. You're not as good as this guy from 20 years ago. So that that's going to get into people's minds. They're like, oh, I'm not watching the show for AJ Styles. I'm not watching the show for Kevin Owens. I'm watching the show for Bill Goldberg. I'm watching the show for Brock Lesnar. Then 15 years from now, when you can't bring these guys back anymore because they're too old, where are you? Because you don't have those guys to... In theory, you should have like a guy like CM Punk in 10 years would be the part-timer they bring back to be a big name. They, they're not going to have those guys anymore. So they're, they're trying to win battles now that they're not even winning to lose the long-term war. Mm-hmm. Now, I have no real vested interest as to what WWE's ratings are week to week. All I really care about is if the show is good, and more often than not, it's less good than it is good. But if you want to keep the youth around... You can't be referencing things from the 50s or the 80s or even the 90s because that's going to mean nothing to these kids. And if you want Shinsuke Nakamura to be cool, just call him Shinsuke Nakamura. (laughs) It doesn't have to be the artist. No, it means nothing. It's stupid. There's nothing, there's no meaning to it. There's nothing entertaining about it. Nobody's going to hear him call that and think, oh, he's cool because they call him the artist known as. Not one person is going to say that. Have either of you heard anyone say, like, oh, that's cool that they're calling him the artist known as Shinsuke Nakamura? I didn't really do a running poll, but, <laughs> but no, not yet. You were supposed to be doing a running poll. I know, I know. I should have dropped the ball on that one. I was... What about the actual seven-year-old fans in Ridley? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the seven-year-olds are not going to be around for much longer. And that is going to affect our bottom line here at Matt Madness. If we lose the seven-year-olds, we're done. I feel like, like, they, were we're trying to, I feel like they were trying to kill the, the uh, Fandango, Tyler Breeze segment with the, what they did this week. Yeah, well, to, to quote Alo, we'll get to that. But Alo, so what's your reasoning for saying SmackDown has become wrong? Well, the way it started, basically. But that's how SmackDown has usually started. But you can just kind of tell, like, for the last few weeks, they've been throwing everybody in one segment, and it's been cluttered. And SmackDown really misses the Miz. It's, like, drastic. It's like this is big gaping hole in SmackDown. They miss... They missed the Miz drastically. Now, the women's division, I'll give them less slack because I told you about how I felt about the division. They would have two storylines, but that would cut out the tag team division. But they mm-hmm. actually get the tag team division on the card for, for the first time in a long time yeah. on back-to-back weeks. So I'm fine with that, but they just throwing everything in one thing. It, it's kind, it feels a lot like Raw, and everything seems unmeaningful. But before, everything on SmackDown meant something. Those... Two minutes or a minute and a half you out there, it meant something. And then, at the same time, they're not making you care about certain people. Like, for example, I was not a, a Bray Wyatt fan. I came around a guy. Now he's back on Raw, and I'm, I'm laughing at him again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he will be even more in the weeks to come. <laughs> exactly. They're, they're, not, they're not being the SmackDown that it was before. Like, SmackDown felt so much important. Like, that was my delight of wrestlers. Like, if Raw sucked, I knew SmackDown would be great. You got Kevin Owens on the show, and Kevin Owens is thrown into a six-man segment. It's like, come on. Yeah. Joey, do you feel like SmackDown is living up to what we were, were coming to expect to it through the you know the fall and the wintertime? No. It's kind of slacked off. It's kind of went downhill. It's downgraded. No, what, why, do you have any reasons why you think that happened? Is it the shake-up took people away that were I don't think it's the shake-up as much of, as not following up with quality storylines. I mean, once they made the kind of... They wanted to push Randy Orton-Bray angle, which they did, then they split them up, and they have the title with no real picture of how they're going to play that out. 
and you kind of have, like you said, a hodgepodge of stories that they're trying to push together. They have no clear direction where before they did. Yeah, uh, it it felt like a very misguided show this past week. And I understand why they pushed gender because they want to push that Indian, but it came out of nowhere and it gives no one really any reason to really buy into it. Yeah, but see, I, but see, that's the thing when they do things like that. That's what makes SmackDown important. It's like like the whole land of opportunity thing. When somebody you never expect to win a match, you, you it's like you'd be like, oh wow, he actually won. SmackDown like gave you some shock, even with the, with the women's division with Alexa Bliss. But I guess I'm not going to give them much grace about mm-hmm. the women's division because. They have a whole story with God going on. It just happens to involve all the women. Yeah. But even with Alexa Bliss, she was a focal point of SmackDown. No matter what she did, she was a focal point. But now they have all the, for the time, even they have all the women together. But it's just SmackDown. They've met, like I said, Vince has gotten his hand to SmackDown. You know, like, ratings don't really matter. It's just a, at, at this point, it's like, what's the better show? Ratings yeah. don't always mean anything. Raw has always been. The goat in SmackDown has basically been the stepchild, mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter. It's just like okay, you like SmackDown more? Well, I'll you know what? I'll take Bray Wyatt, send him to Raw. I'll, you like Dean Ambrose? I'll send him to Raw. It like D- I like Dean Ambrose on SmackDown. He fit perfect in mm-hmm. all these interesting things that you were doing. You're not doing it anymore. Like the whole Dean Ambrose Baron Corbin thing. I wanted to see that happen on SmackDown. I feel like Randy Orton. Being the champion is taking a lot of that too because it does definitely because I agree because I've always said Randy Orton is funny at points he's like high and then he's at lows you know with this whole ginger thing he had to do that whole hustle horse crap and now he's back to ginger and then that storyline hasn't really progressed that much yet. Ginger took Ginger took the belt and had his photos which was a nice touch ball gets his promo in a, in a yeah, bit it was a good touch but it's like it's like. Where's the charisma Randy Orton had that he had for the seven months he was with Bray Wyatt? Yeah, this goes back to... I want to say this is something I said in the summer. Maybe this was right after he came back. That I said I wasn't really a fan of Randy Orton because I feel like I can tell he doesn't really care about being there. But when he came back, you could tell he wanted to be there. Yeah, there, there was like a lot of good stuff he did between... July, I guess, Battleground. Mm-hmm. Was that the night he returned? Yeah, because he, he, he did the highlight reel with Jericho. Yeah. Between Battleground and SummerSlam, because I was even saying, you have to put Randy over Brock. Like, because the RKO is the move that the move that you could, they were selling is like one Out RKO and it's all over. Out of nowhere. And then, of course, he just got destroyed. And then I really liked a lot of the stuff he did with Bray until the last two months. And now I just feel like, okay, he's the champion. I think because that story did not pay off, it really kind of took him from here to, like, down yeah, here. Yeah, because like the whole WrestleMania match, that fell flat because that match made no sense because you had the things on the floor, on, the, on um, the, 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 ring, the ring mat. That made no sense. And then you send Ray Wyatt to Raw in the middle of a feud when you can't really even get an actual payoff because you know it doesn't matter because the tiles aren't on. Yeah. That was the other thing. It was like that <laughs> match. Yeah, well, th- the match at WrestleMania fell flat. Then the House of Horrors match isn't for the title. And then that fell flat. And now Bray's gone, and it's like, okay, well, I'm Randy Orton, and I'm your champion. And it just doesn't feel like anyone really cares. Because he, he hasn't been getting the best reactions either. Yeah, because people are kind of mad he's a champion. He, he doesn't need a title. Well, that's kind of like you said, Vince's hands on it, because it feels, again... Which I didn't like about Raw, and it kind of it's starting to feel like that with SmackDown now. That the main title is the secondary story. Yeah, that is how it feels. 
Uh, Randy cuts the promo. Says he only lost because Jinder got involved. You have to win titles. You can't steal them. Jinder comes out saying, I didn't steal it. I just took what's ultimately going to be mine anyway. Now, now, uh, one thing We're getting Jinder. into the age of the Maharaja. One th- well, one thing. Every time I see Jinder Mahal wear a suit in his little thing, his thing mm-hmm. I think of the Blue Raja from Mystery <laughs> Man. <laughs> fantastic the ma- movie. The master of some movie. Oh, yeah, fa- fantastic movie. <laughs> but... <laughs> With Jinder's promo, I like the context of it, but he would just say a few words, then pause for 10 seconds, then say another four, four words, then pause for 10 seconds. I'm like, what are you doing? He was like a politician waiting for applause. It was like applause yeah. lines, but he was waiting for booze. Yeah, I'm going to win. I'm going to go back to Punjabi. I'm going to be a champ. I'm like, what's with the cadence? I like the context of he's it. Been watching, he's been studying tape of Brie Bell's promos. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the whole cadence of it and him actually showing his, his pro, promotional photos with mm-hmm. the title. I did like that. I did think that was good heel heat. But everything he said was just like, okay. Okay. I think also okay. that whole, that whole I'll make you people respect me and my country and my culture draws a lot more attention in the United States than it does in England. For I mean, sure. Like, like, that's definitely an American crowd thing, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, Owens comes out Perfect. and just tears apart everybody. <laughs> Perfect. Just he, the way he walks around his face on the floor, mm-hmm. Tron, because he's the face of yeah. He doesn't want to walk on his yeah. face. <laughs> Perfect. I think him just killing everybody, saying, I ended Chris Jericho's career, and then telling everyone, you'll never hear, and then runs down the greatest hits of Chris Jericho <laughs> for the last year that entertained everyone. Every week, um, I thought it was awesome. Says he'll destroy AJ Styles. He's no longer going to be the face of America. He's going to be the face of WWE. AJ Styles comes out. Corbin comes out. Sami Zayn comes out. We get a big brawl, and then we get a, a six-man tag between, I guess, what you'd consider the top six guys on SmackDown. Well, I did like Owens actually wants the title. Because even though yeah. he has a US title, he actually wants the WWE title, which I thought was a nice touch. That's a very nice touch. Title. It's something that's needed more of. Well, he is the prize fighter, even yeah. though that's not really, that's kind of been forgotten almost, but he's the prize fighter. He wants the titles. Uh, what did you guys, what did you think, Joey, of the backstage thing with Sammy, <laughs> Randy, and AJ? With Sammy being the annoying, obnoxious, dorky Sammy so Zane. Good. Do you enjoy that, Sami Zayn, or no? Yeah, of course. Like, close your eyes and visualize, and then he opens his eyes and they're both gone. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Setting Sammy up. But do you, do you think that that, as much as it's funny, do you think that that does anything for him, or do you think that actually kind of diminishes him a little bit? I don't think it does anything for him, but I don't think it diminishes him either. Um, uh, we always kind of like to get behind Sammy and see him do a little more. This isn't doing more, but again, I don't think it detracts from him. I don't think you couldn't recover from this pretty quickly. Um, at least he's doing something. Less well, true. Something is garnering at least some attention. Yes. Yeah. I think it always works because I laugh every time because everybody <laughs> always says he's the most annoying guy in the world, and they actually play. I like they actually play off of it. And plus, he doesn't really get much time to talk anyway. So, mm-hmm. but the backstage segments with him, they always work for me. Because I, I love the stuff he was doing with Angle. Where Angle's just clearly like rolling his eyes, like, "Oh my God, is this guy still talking to me?" Uh, I love that stuff. But he was a, or, or, or he was a, he was the best with Randy. Mm-hmm. Randy didn't want any of it. <laughs> you're, you're the Viper. What do you do? You strike first. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it was a funny segment. I just worry that they make him look like like a clown too a little corny. too much. Yeah. But I guess we also have to look at it like Sami Zayn is never going to be the face of their company. <laughs> they're never going to have him be the guy, the top guy. So I guess if they're having him do something entertaining that the fans are entertained by, I guess we should chalk that up as a win. The six-man tag ends with Jinder defeating Randy Orton with the Cobra Clutch Slam. I thought that was a good touch that he actually got the win over him. But what did you guys think of the overall match? It was okay. I mean, it's kind of what I expected. Um, It didn't blow me away, but... Like I said, it pushes a couple stories forward, so I'm okay with it. It was a match. <laughs> <laughs> it was a match on a show. Yeah, it was long. It was a match. It, it, mm-hmm. it, it progressed every storyline, because like, even though they threw three storylines together, it actually progressed those storylines, too. Are we going to get Corbin and Sammy oh, yeah. at, at Backlash? More than likely, yeah. I mean, we should. Uh, my worry is it ends up on the pre-show. That's my worry. There's five matches booked right now. Those shows typically have been going like two hours and 30, two hours and 40 minutes. They should be able to fit six matches in there. Yeah. But then they need something for the pre-show. Mm-hmm. So what is that going to be if it's not that? Kurt Hawkins what? went the Raw, right? Uh, I don't even know. He did. Okay. It's Finn Balor uh, beat him. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, Jinder, well, that says a lot about well, Jinder, Jinder's in a prime spot, so he won't be on the pre-show yeah. match. We'll, they'll figure something out. Yeah, we get to will, will they? I guess they will. They'll throw some kind of trash on the pre-show. But don't be shocked if, if Sami Zayn and Baron Corbin's on the pre-show. I won't be shocked, but that's what I don't want to see happen. I feel like both of those guys deserve to be on the main card. Oh, I got it. American Alpha and all the tag teams. Okay, that works. <laughs> yeah, that works. Uh, women's division, we discussed it a little bit, but supposed to be Natty versus Becky, and everyone ends up out at ringside during this match. The whole welcoming committee, Naomi, Charlotte, Natty ends up winning via distractions from the outside. This leads to the six-woman tag at the pay-per-view. This is not like the best story they could be doing, but it does get everybody involved. I do think the welcoming committee is adding something to the show. I, I really enjoyed Ellsworth's promo. <laughs> Him just talking about close your mouth so we can't see your teeth while he's missing his two front teeth. I think was great. Him, him and his B-Rad gimmick. I just, <laughs> B-Rad. Oh. B-Rad. Oh, God, it's so good. He looks horrible every week. He, he looks worse and worse every week. It's yeah. so good. Yeah, and it gets better and better. I, At least he's not out there beating AJ Styles. <laughs> no, not anymore. Well, he's, what, 3-1 and one against AJ? Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how many people have a 75% winning percentage against AJ Styles in their careers. John I guess he's the, only, he's the winningest competitor in wrestling history against AJ Styles. Good for you, James Ellsworth. Come, come a long way since Baltimore, Maryland. Um, I do enjoy the welcoming committee. I think they're kind of funny. I think, it's, I think Ellsworth is in a perfect role. Do you think this leads, Joey, to Natty becoming a women's champion anytime soon? Because I think that it could. I just don't know if it will. Um, I don't think it will. I've kind of given up any kind of um, idea or that, that, that Natty is going to have a title run in her. I mean, that's kind of seemed to that ship seemed seemed to have sailed a long time ago. Yeah, Natty ship sailed a long time ago. 
I told you I, I told you after backlash, I, I'm assuming that Becky, um, Charlotte, and Naomi are gonna win, and you get the triple threat with those three. And Charlotte doesn't completely turn face. Yeah, which she sh- hopefully she doesn't. Well, cause they, it seemed like they kind of set up that that Charlotte could turn on the on them. Well, even when she came out, she was like a queen doesn't need an introduction. She yeah. came up, she came up by herself. And listen, this is just an alliance, but Charlotte has made it clear that she still wants a title. Yeah, she could still be a heel while going head to head with the welcoming yeah. committee. How do you feel about the welcoming committee name? Because I've read a couple places that people don't like it. I actually think it's pretty funny, just because it's like it suits that like mean girl gimmick that they it have. It does. I've never really mean thought girl too much about it. Yeah, I've really, yeah. I've really never really thought too much about it. It, 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 it doesn't bother me. The at mean all. girls and the side chick. Yeah. Well, Becky's big thing now is we have to outbond them. Which <laughs> are, are we going to get some kind of unity vignette of them <laughs> doing some type of bonding, some bonding somewhere? I'd be I'd be down with that. It'd be entertaining. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where this is going to go. I mean, it'll be a fun match, I assume. Most of them can, can actually work. I uh, And I guess we'll see Charlotte back in the title picture soon. I, I never like when the title's not defended on the pay-per-view, but I understand sometimes, you know, you just don't get a title match on a show. Uh, tag team division, we mentioned the fashion files. Yeah, already I'm worried <laughs> that... They, not that it ran its course, but that they're trying too hard. Did you guys think that it was as good as last no, week? I didn't, even close. I, didn't, I didn't get one laugh. Except when, until you opened the door, I didn't get a laugh. I was excited when they were when they came out. Again, speaking to your old, they, they came out with a mm-hmm. outdated uh, TV show kind of opening. Yeah. It's another one that was kind of outdated. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of excited for that when, they, when I saw that. I was like, oh, this should be pretty entertaining. And then I was like, what the? Yeah, that, you know... The way they both talk is funny. Yeah, I always like, laugh when they talk guy. to each other. They, they both are funny the way they talk. Falling trails of paint. Yeah, the, the Uggos haven't painted their faces yeah, in F- Fandango's voice is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, it's hysterical. Like just the, it, it, they're, they're both so funny. It's just I, I can already tell that they're like, ah, oh, we got something. And then they're just trying too hard. What about this? Like my, I think I, did I say this last week? I don't know if I said this off air or on air. That I hope that they filmed like four or five of these things. Yeah. Because this way it'll be have the same feel. Now you can tell it's like, nope, they did it. They're like, oh, this is good. And now it's it's going to get run into the ground already. The one good thing that came out of it, though, is Brazongo had a match with the Ascension. They get a win on TV. Their last two matches now they've won. Brings the Usos out to talk a little bit. And I enjoyed their promo, too. Mm-hmm. I thought they were good. I thought there was good intensity. I've been enjoying what this has been done. When you when you see them in their new <laughs> yeah. roles, yeah. When you see them, which is sparingly. I still am never sure which one's Jimmy and which one's Jay, but one kept popping the other one over <laughs> and over again. I guess all the different things he said they could do with each other's backs in twelve days. My one nitpick is they are still doing the Usos thing, which they don't need to do. Like just say yeah, the cool. line. Say the line. It's not paranoia. It's the Usos. You don't got to do the whole each one takes apart. I think that that takes a lot away from it. But there is a lot going for these two. I think that match is going to be really good. Oh, yeah. Actually. It's going to be. It, well, I think this show might be underrated because I have three matches that will probably be be really good. I think AJ and Kevin Owens will be the match of the night, no doubt. Mm-hmm. For second place, if they let Brazongo and the Usos go, 
that might be the second best match on the card. And I got high hopes for it for that match. Yeah, cause, yeah, because Tyler Breeze is awesome. And then we know also always say the Usos always deliver. And then I this whole Nakamura Dolph Ziggler. Mm. We'll get to that. The match itself will be good. Like the in-ring yeah, mechanics, but of the build-up of it is. Oh, we had another New Day vignette. It's funny that they're doing better vignettes to build people that we everybody already knows <laughs> than they are for new talent. Like, why couldn't they do this for Apollo Crews or people like that? They just throw these NXT people to the wolves, but they're giving us vignette. They're putting in the time to introduce the New Day, who has sold the most merchandise of anybody for the last two years, probably. I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. Dolph Ziggler and Shinsuke Nakamura... More whining and complaining from Dolph. I did think this was better than last week. It was, it was significantly better. But there were still some, some, some elements here like, all right, like you said, him calling him the, um, the artist. Yeah, that's stupid. Yeah, this started with some promise, and then it went up and down, and then it just fell flat at the end. Do you think that they should be having Nakamura talk with the mouth guard in? I didn't pay any mind. He's been every time he's talked, he's had the mouth guard. And I don't it's think like, they should. I it's think enough it's, trouble speaking the foreign tongue as it is, let alone having a huge mouthpiece in there. Yeah, he doesn't need another barrier. I don't know why he's got the mouth guard. It's, my guess is it's another Vince thing. Ah, he looks like a real fighter. <laughs> like it's 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 silly. Um, I think this match is going to be good. I think Dolph is going to really highlight Nakamura for maybe some fans that have not gotten to see his work before. But they're not really giving people much of a reason to care no. other than he's Shinsuke Nakamura. I agree 100%. The match will be a really fun match to watch. It'll be a good match, but just the way they're going about it isn't really leaving much to the imagination. No. This will probably be the best promo lead into the match. I did like Dolph saying, you all hypocrites. I've been here for eight years. I'm a four-world champion. made a minute pay-per-views. I'm based, I'm, I, I was in a movie that wasn't even a, a movie. And the context of it was great. It, it just went up and down. Cause he started that cadence, and it went up and then down. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm over this already. And he, Nakamura challenged him to a match. He was like, okay, no, we're going to fight a backlash. I would have fast-forwarded it if his opponent was anybody other than Nakamura. Because <laughs> I had I'd gotten to fast-forwarding Ziggler segments for, like, most of the last two months. And I was like, well, it's Nakamura. I can't fast-forward through that because they're introducing him. And the one thing I did li- a lot I did like, but then I get and didn't. I didn't. He was like... You guys are hypocrites. You boo me, but you cheer for a guy who hasn't had one match. Yeah. I'm like, he... Allegedly, one match. <laughs> oh, you, I'm glad you said that. Okay. Because that reminded me of what I thought was the high point of what he said in his really? promo when the crowd started chanting NXT. And oh, he said, what he was saying. And he said, oh, they're going to edit that out anyway, which I thought was great <laughs> because they edit everything out when the show's taped. So I was like, oh, that's great that he said that. Like, he kind of called them out a little bit, which I thought was good. That, to me, was the highlight of Dolph's entire promo, was was saying that. Yeah, I can't wait for the match. I want the f- for two reasons. Cause I want the match to be good, and I just want this to be over. Yeah. And I'm selling my Dolph Ziggler happy tour. <laughs> I watched when he won Survivor Series this uh-huh. weekend. I'm happy. I watched when he fought CM Punk at the Rumble a few years ago. Happy times. Yeah, much better times for the answer, Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And then we had Eric Rowan beating Luke Harper. Poor Luke Harper. Why? Why Who knows? The mask has powers, allegedly. It does. <laughs> Special powers, without even without Bray. 
that's everything I got from SmackDown. Did we not get Apollo Crews this week, or did no. I just overlook it? I don't think we have Apollo Crews. I was upset about that. I mean, you weren't, or you were? I was. Yeah, me too. I want to see what the Titus brand is going to do <laughs> for, for, uh, for for Apollo. Cruz? Yeah, it, it was it was getting me interested in him. Maybe they'll put uh, Apollo Crews and the Titus brand in the pre-show match. Well, they're on Raw. They're on Raw. Well, I'm so just I'm just saying they could do it. Although maybe the Titus brand is doing cross brand promotion with both shows. It, it, I don't know. It is. I mean, it's not a it's not exclusive pay per view. This one, they didn't build it as an exclusive. It is SmackDown exclusive. Well, they they will. By the time it gets to that night, they'll say it a hundred times. They need to say it. Fortunately, um, that's everything. I anybody have anything else? Do better. Next week will be better. It'll actually be live again, which is always a help. You're assuming. I I am. I don't think I'm not saying both shows will be you great. I'm saying assuming. <laughs> I'm saying they'll be better than they were this week. Uh, do we have any listener questions? Yeah. Well, first we have a prep state of the union. Okay. Of the Raw Tag Division. Cesaro, the heel turn. Never knew I needed. I'm over the Hardys. Where's the top guys? Okay. Prep. Don't you ever disrespect the Hardy Boys again? Yeah. Now, if we got a question from Donovan below that Lloyd no relation, Stone Cold or John Cena, who has had the bigger wrestling career? Who has done more for the company? So I'll take that one first. the The bigger wrestling career is definitely John Cena. He's been at the absolute top for twice as long as Stone Cold Steve Austin was. That's not to discount that Austin did a lot of great work in WCW. Uh, he, he was even good in, in ECW for the, the brief time he was there. But his run at the very top was about half as long as what John Cena's has been. But who did more for the company? Stone Cold Steve Austin. He took that company from they were losing to WCW. They were on the brink of extinction. And he made them big enough that they had a Super Bowl commercial. Mm. That was Stone Cold Steve Austin that did that. John Cena has been at the top as things are dwindling. So I'd say bigger career, John Cena, bigger impact, Stone Cold Steve Austin. I can't disagree. I mean, it's kind of kind of just painted a perfect picture. I don't know what, or I could say to kind of... Well, I am the perfect 20. <laughs> yeah. more, like, more like the perfect 38, but that's a different story. Yeah, I, I agree. You couldn't say it better. Couldn't say it any better myself because... Austin, going back to all the Throwback Madness shows, mm-hmm. we haven't, unless it was against The Rock or Triple H, well, we haven't reviewed him in versus Triple H yet. Other than that, he hasn't really had any matches that should be like, oh my God, that was an excellent match. Yeah. We, we remember the moments from Stone Cold Steve mm-hmm. Austin. And Cena, it's like, okay, match of the year, match of the year, match of the year, match of the year. Oh my goodness, Who, John Cena, match yeah. of the night award. It's like, it's like, where have you been the last mm-hmm. X, amount of, X amount of years? But for the business, no doubt Stone Cold, because. Without him, WCW may still be around. Mm-hmm. And if he if, if, the, if they strip their rockets in my back, then <laughs> the attitude error might not be a thing. WCW, may, WCW, WCW may have put WWF out of business, essentially. Mm-hmm. If you guys were wrestlers, what signature move would you do to choose to pay homage to one of your favorites for the past? Number one, top rope elbow drop. <laughs> Uh, in honor of both the Macho Man and the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else that I, I would take a move specifically to honor them. 
You know what? I would do a backstabber in hopes that Michael Cole would call it a bank statement. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I would uh, do anything specifically to honor a wrestler, but I mean, two moves that I I would always do when we go to old school wrestling is probably a figure four and a razor's edge. Mm. I'll be I'll be working them out. <laughs> Not an angle slam. Not an angle slam. <laughs> well, I would do a triple H spine buster. <laughs> okay, there we go. I always pop. For, I always pop for his spine <laughs> yeah, buster. Me too. In a lowdown. <laughs> <laughs> With all the theatrics yes. and everything. Yes. All right, good. I was hoping so because it's not a lowdown without. <laughs> no, it's not. You had to <laughs> a lowdown. <laughs> only ask me because of Sheamus. Attitude error or current error? Which one is better? This shouldn't even be a question. Uh, yeah, well, so Seamus basically said, like, what we have now, talent-wise, is better than any other time, correct? That was the... That's where I, I this came it, from, yeah. correct? So, if we're talking which product is better, there's not even a contest. The attitude error was a better product. There's a reason why, you know, they were getting five, six, seven million people a week watching Raw, and the viewership is half that now, without competition. But talent-wise, the roster is so deep, and there are so many guys who they could do so much with, I'd really have a hard time saying the Attitude Era roster was better. The, The stars were bigger, but I credit that more to them being allowed to be what they were to where these guys can't do that now. The only guy that's really allowed to get away with that is John Cena. And to an extent, The Miz. Who else is really allowed to kind of do what they want? Well, you, I would say to a point, Kevin Owens, maybe. And maybe AJ, too. I See, I guess Kevin Owens is a good one. AJ, I think I might not look at him that way because he just may not have that larger-than-life personality oh, and that some of these other guys have. That's true. <laughs> Well, yeah, Jericho, I guess I wasn't including because we won't see him anymore. But, yeah, Jericho was basically allowed to go out there and do whatever the hell he wanted. Uh, Joey, what do you think? I mean, it's it's easy. It's just the attitude error. Again, could this new crop of wrestlers who are better and more talented in the ring rise to those? Yeah, they could, but they're not going to in a PG format. They're not going to with the kind of constraints we have these days. Um, there's just, just so many different things working against them now that – I don't think they'll touch the attitude error. <clears throat> All right, well, from a television show, they won't touch the attitude error because, like I said, it's PG. But the, the thing I want to bring up, I want to ask you guys is, would the attitude error work today? Because the attitude error felt so much real, and then when they try to promote Fuse in WWE, we know... That, for example, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, they were best friends. They were partners of the Ring of Honor. Sasha Banks and Bailey, you would think they hate each other on TV, but they're best friends in real life. Would that, would that stuff actually translate to today? Would the Attitude Era translate in today since since we know so much? Because the Attitude Era, you would think it was real. But today, it's hard to believe stuff. the stuff is real because you know we know way more than we supposedly need to know. And WWE doesn't think we know, but we actually do know. Well, that is a good point. I think if they're selling me on a story, I'd buy it. If it, it's a quality story that I can get behind, I'd no, be no, behind no, it no thing, matter what I know. You know, the thing is, like, for example, you when you would see, like, Triple H and The Rock or Triple H and Austin, you know they hate each other. You, you, well, you could tell they hate each other. Because it was, like, legit heat. There was no smiling. There were no jokes. It was just straight fighting. 
like a straight fight right from the right from the beginning. You could see the you could see the hate in each other's face. Cause we just did Backlash 2000 and the Rock and Triple H just staring down at each other. You could tell like there was like hate and they hated each other. Today you wouldn't be able you don't think you'd be able to buy that because like the night before you might see them out at a bar <laughs> and you couldn't really buy it. So there's a couple things I'm thinking here. One that is a good point that. Without social media back in the day, without cameras everywhere filming everything these people are doing or whatever, you're right. We didn't know if these guys were, you know, driving together to the next city. Like, we had no idea what was going on. They, these guys might have been best friends behind the scenes, and we thought they hated each other. Now, yeah, you see two people like Bailey and Sasha who have had some great matches, had a great feud, but we know they're really good friends. The reason I'll say it, it could have worked is because Sasha and Bailey, we do know that they're really good friends, and they did have a great feud in the summer of 2015 mm -hmm. that we all bought into, like, hook, line, and sinker. Mm -hmm. we, we absolutely did. But there's, that's one example. Yeah, like social media definitely, I think, creeps in and makes you see the other side of things that you're not really supposed to see. So it would be difficult. There, there's another thing though, is every one of those guys that you mentioned, Stone Cold, The Rock, Triple H, they wanted to be the biggest name. They wanted to make the most money. It's kind of similar to the NBA. I know I hear a lot of older people say how they don't like the NBA anywhere else oh, because they're all friends. It's not rivalries like how the Bulls and the Knicks hated each other or, you know, any other example that you want to give. The the Knicks and the, and the Pacers. Um, you, don't, you don't have that same level of these guys are trying to kill each other. So a lot of these people, I feel like, are happy to be there. They're happy with the spot that they're in. That level of competition to get to the top, where you're stepping on each other to get ahead, mm -hmm. I feel like that doesn't happen anymore. And maybe that's because, and I'm not criticizing either John Cena or Roman Reigns by saying this, but they're so clearly at the top that, like, why bother trying to outdo them? Because you're never going to get there. Because the people at the top are saying, nope, these are our guys, and, and that's it. I don't think what you just said about Roman Reigns, due to social media... I thought about this the other day. I've been, I forgot, I've been meaning to bring it up on the show. When Roman Reigns, because remember in September of 14, Roman Reigns got hurt. Mm -hmm. And he came back around TLC 14, yeah. three months later. And around that time, the CM Punk podcast with, Punk, with Coco Banner came out. And the whole thing was, well, a big part of it was the whole make Roman look good. make Roman look good. <laughs> and that's when kind of people like really kind of like fully turned on Roman completely. Yeah. And that's due to social media. So what people like I said we we talk about this all the time. If Austin if if Austin was Roman now, would you cheer Austin? I mean, would you boo Austin? Because well, yeah, if he wasn't if he wasn't flipping the double birds yeah, and driving a beer yeah, truck. Yeah, remember because Stone Cold he was presented as a baby face, but he was actually a heel. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that people just fell in love with. Yeah. Yeah, because because he wouldn't get to do the things that made. Us love him. Yeah. Now. Yeah, it, it's a whole different atmosphere. And that that's it, why... It's I, hard to say that, though. You don't know what you'd be looking at. You don't know what kind of product they'd be putting out there. You don't know what Stone Cold would look like in this era. You just can't answer that question. 
I can't, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't have been able to get away with giving the middle finger to people in every match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, also there was a, um, somebody posted on Facebook about mm-hmm. how he was watching, watching Raw with his son. He's like, where's Taker? Where's Triple H? Where's Stone Cold? I can't watch this stuff no more. And you know me, I'm not one to comment on stuff because I'm not going to argue with you and try to persuade mm-hmm. you. So Donovan actually commented. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not doing this because I'll, I'll, I'll go back and forth forever. But yeah. a lot of people don't understand when you did watch it, you were watching it for the characters. Like even if you watch it now, you don't understand ring work. You don't understand ring psychology. So when it comes to promos, you're not looking for, for what they're saying in a promo. You just want to see somebody something blow up mm-hmm. or somebody get flipped off. Or somebody get cursed out. That's what you're looking for. You're not actually watching wrestling as professional professional wrestling. That's why I always tell people... We always, That's Vince Russo's whole thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he tried to make it not pro wrestling. Yeah, and I, I always tell people, WWE is a sports, sports entertainment show. You want to watch wrestling wrestling in a, a worker's company, go watch Ring of Honor or go watch Evolve or go watch Evolve or something. Yeah, because that those are the wrestling shows, and those are workers' companies. WWE is not that, not not like that way. I watch it for the entertainment and the wrestling. The combination yeah, 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 of the yeah, two no, sell me the story. Yeah, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but a lot of times when people stop watching wrestling, because WWE is the only thing they probably know, or they knew WCW or whatever back in the day. But they they they'll hold them to those characters, and when they grow up, they'll they'll because they usually slide off. You did it too. It's like. When your favorite leaves, you slide off. Mm-hmm. It's like, ah, oh, I don't want to watch this because my my guy left. So it's like, give it a chance. You might actually like it. You might actually learn something. Like I said, a lot of people are just watching for the characters and, and see some get flipped over, some get blown up, like um, Childish Gambino, or whatever his yeah. not, not Childish Gambino. Um, what is his name? Action Bronson. Oh yeah. <laughs> On that whole complex thing, he was talking about. I want to see some stuff get blown up. Like that's not that's that's the entertainment part of it, but that's not the pure reason why you watch professional wrestling. Yeah. That was just an added bonus, but that's not why you watch it. There's like there's plenty of great matches that didn't have tables or things getting blown up or stuff put on fire. Yeah. My feeling has always been, and this is the exact point Joey just made, he likes the wrestling and he likes the entertainment together, which makes the whole product. Yeah. I've always felt, and I wrote articles about this for TJRWrestling.net, um... There's no reason why on a three-hour show, okay, so you want to say, oh, we don't want this to, this show to be too pro-wrestling heavy because that'll turn some viewers off. But why can't you balance the two? Like, why can't you have the wrestling part of your wrestling show be really good and then actually put those Hollywood writers to work and make the entertainment part of your show really good and then both sides are satisfied? You don't have to spite your hardcore wrestling fan to bring in the casual fans. Like You don't have to alienate the people who watch every week. You don't have to cut off your nose to spite your face. No, and I get it. They don't have to do anything to keep people like us watching because we're going to continue watching. But when people are in an arena, when somebody's watching in a, a, a broadcast live from Raw and they're booing what they're seeing on TV, is that going to make a casual fan any more likely to keep watching it? Probably not, because they look at it like the people who love this the most hate it. So why would I watch it? I think they should be doing the best to make both sides interested, not spite the people who you know are going to watch every week to get other people to come in. That's just what I think. I don't know that we'll ever see it get much better than it is now. NXT was 
tremendous for like a good year and a half while I was watching, and then it tailed off. Now it, there's an opportunity for it to get better with some of the influx of new names there. That remains to be seen. Maybe when Vince is not, you know, the man with his hand on the button anymore, maybe it gets a little better. But I don't know. I don't know really what to think. Did we have any more questions? That's it for tonight. Nothing from uh, the Godfather. I know. I know we had one. Let me double check. A lot of yelling again. <laughs> why is Ginger again? Why is Ginger Mahal in the main event? He doesn't deserve it. There are so many talented individuals who should be in this position before him. His in-ring work blows. Thank you. <laughs> Very direct, right yes. there. Oh uh, yeah, he's not great in the ring. I mean, the reason why he's in that spot right now is solely because they're trying to appeal to a market they've just opened themselves up to. Uh, and I will say that he's more deserving of that spot than Bill Goldberg was. <laughs> For sure. That's really all I have to say about That's that. A lamp. Yeah. Do, do I think he is the best candidate to be main eventing a pay-per-view? Like, no. Obviously, AJ Styles should probably be main eventing almost every pay-per-view. Or Kevin Owens. But... I, I at least see what they're doing here. Whether they're executing it extremely well or not, remain. You know, we have to wait and see. I get why people are skeptical of it or don't love it because he did seemingly come out of nowhere. I just, uh, yeah, he's more deserving than a guy who had been out of the business for twelve years and never cared about it when he was even in it. Uh, Anybody else? Why gender is in the in the well, main I mean, event? Uh, other than the fact that it's to break into the new market, I mean, I have no problem with gender getting the push. I just think the execution was kind of lackluster. The way they just kind of out of nowhere threw that out there. I would like to see him better. I mean, I don't mind it, and you know, putting him in a little stable with his boys kind of kind of helps him with the with that push. But outside of that, the execution was just poor. Well, I didn't mind the execution of it because I do like that kind of aspect of how they did it. Because at that in that six pack challenge, Man, you've been like a huge proponent of that from the beginning. Like the surprise is part of what made it good to you. Yeah, because the whole like the whole six pack challenge. One thing I did like about it was that there was only one guy in it that was actually a former world champion, and that was Dolph Ziggler. And are in two thousand nine, yeah, was that two thousand at the end of two thousand eight going into two thousand nine, I believe. Shame, there was this thing called the Breakthrough Battle Royal, and that's when Sheamus won, and he beat John Cena mm-hmm. to, to win his first title. He was only on the Raw roster for a few weeks at that point, and it was just a disappointing element of surprise. I was like, okay, you're giving a guy that never had a chance a chance. So that's the, that was the whole point of that whole yeah. six-pack challenge that I, that I actually did like. Now, do I think Jinder Mahal's going to win? No. Do I think the match is going to be good? No, because one, he's in there with Randy Orton, and then you know how Randy Orton is. Like, if he doesn't care, then you're not gonna get anything. It will be serviceable, yeah. Would it be better him versus Bray Wyatt? Of course it will. <laughs> but as jo- as last been doing, if you don't want to like see it, just don't watch it. Yeah, and I applaud him for it. What I say with the execution though is I don't mind him winning the six pack challenge the way he did. It's just when he came back, I looked at him and he was looking pretty swell. I was like, "They got you." Didn't they look him fly? And he was yeah. just getting thrown out there to kind of job the other guys. He would lose a match to push over a guy that was in the ring with. He did that three or four times, and the next thing you know, he wins the six pack challenge. It's kind of there's nothing, there's nothing that kind of builds that. Him yeah, he had zero an momentum going into that match. Yeah. They had done zero not, idea zero. of pushing yeah, him or yeah. Kind of. And then WWE, other than the hard body Mahal gimmick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then WWE, like, at this point, they don't really 
they they have their hands dipped in so many other things that TV ratings are one of the not the main thing on their mind because they're in so many other things in the world. Yeah, doesn't sell the match either because gen- no one really cares that much about gender and no one really cares that much about Randy because you're not doing much with him either. So it's like but it's for the India thing. But like I said, WWE they have their hand in so many other things that the TV ratings aren't the most important thing as they were back in the day. Yeah, Vince like Vince Russo can't get that out of his head that like the the be all end all is the ratings and him and Road Dog go back and forth on Twitter at least once a week about this where Road Dog just says like oh record profits like we're winning and it's like yeah you are it's just that your wrestling show which is what you're known for is lacking yeah you you guys are doing great as a worldwide business you're just not doing great at producing a wrestling TV show on a week to week basis but that's not their priority at this point. Now, if USA says, you know what, we may not re-up your contract next time around, maybe then they'll think twice about it, but I don't foresee that. Yeah, and then who wouldn't want to take on WWE on their network? Yeah, somebody would take them on. Yeah. Easy. Although it could be like, remember, was it TNN that took oh, yeah. them on at one point? Yeah. I don't know. It, I don't think we're going to see any any drastic changes in the wrestling television production aspect of WWE. No. Anytime soon. So I guess that's the show. That's it for that's the That's the show. Boom. Done. <laughs> so for... Switches. <laughs> for Mr. Sexy Punakana, then now forever, CK and Joe Rottermill. For the voice that runs the place, the European champion, hailing from Bangor, Maine, until someone from Bangor, Maine downloads the podcast. Next week. <laughs> Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you next week. Hop on the top rope, by the land with his elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again, fans mocking man. Man, I hate my balls, shut the Vince McMahon. It ain't safe to land, off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome well. What I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.